0: Hello and welcome Hi. to Infinite Cast, a pod jest.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, we're here the first weekend in many, many weekends. Where we're not doing a bunch of bullshit, so we're just chilling in our house in New York City,
1: chilling like a villain with Bob Dylan. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, are you gelling, yes.
1: <laughs> Chris? Are you gelling? I am not gelling. I'm not gelling. I'm not gelling either. I don't think I've ever worn <laughs> insoles. <laughs> Uh, I bought them, but I never wore them I have
0: um uh, my feet have weird arches and so in certain um flat flatter tennis shoes like uh you know Chuck Taylor's oh, all stars
1: yeah. yeah. it, it helps me to have a uh, an insole that insole life uh, yep not an incel an, an insole. insole. Uh, and souls for incels. What were we
0: talking about last week?
1: We were just getting into the other academic paper that Hal wrote for his like it, uh, intro to entertainment class, oh, where yes. he's talking about the adverti- the way that uh, advertising and television has changed in can, the past.
0: Can you take that card out from under your foot? It's gonna stress me out.
1: Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because if it
0: get be- if it gets bent, it's gonna it's gonna stress How me. How to get burned? How to
1: get, bur- How to get burned? Um, it's the same the date for for a wedding that occurred um like six months ago that we didn't go to <laughs> well I, I, I still, i'm I, personally okay if i it
0: still i get i get i'm irritated by crumpled up paper okay that's that's crumpled new. And damaged in bed paper all right all right uh all right let's get into it
1: let's get into it uh so we're, we're talking about um well i don't i don't need to contextualize i don't think okay. but at this point it's it's the problem where it's 500 channels and nothing on. Damn, it do be like that. uh, But so there's like the basic cable is fighting with like the big four networks uh, and someone is going to come in and try to make some money off of that. Okay, great. The ACDC... And that man's name is Carlos Watson. That man's name is Carlos Watson. The ACDC, which is uh, the American Council of, of Disseminators of Cable, the ACDC campaign brilliantly orchestrated by Boston, Massachusetts, Viney and Veals advertising, was pummeling the big four in the fiscal thorax with its ubiquitous anti-passivity slogan, don't sit still for anything less, when a wholly unintended coup de grace to network viability was delivered in the form of an unrelated Viney and Veals side venture. V&V, like most U.S. ad agencies, greedily greedily buttered its bread (laughs) on every conceivable side when it could, and started taking advantage of the plummeting Big Four advertising rates to launch effective network ad campaigns for products and services that wouldn't previously have been able to afford national image proliferation. For the obscure local Nunhagen Aspirin Co. of Framingham, Massachusetts, Viney and Veals got the Enfield-based National Craniofacial Pain Foundation to sponsor a huge touring exhibition of paintings by artists with crippling craniofacial pain about crippling craniofacial pain the resultant network Nunhagen ads were simply silent 30second shots of some of the exhibits with Nunhagen aspirin in soothing pale pastels at lower left
0: this sounds already like uh, that thing where if you mute enough, brand, if you block enough brands on Twitter, uh, you get, like, really weird ads. Boom, yes. Uh, or, like, if you get deep enough in YouTube, you start getting served ads that, like, make no sense for things that don't seem like they exist.
1: Totally, like micro, micro-targeting. micro Yeah. Uh, the paintings themselves were excruciating. A- and that
0: the deeper you g- get into this, the more surreal the ads become. Yes.
1: The paintings themselves were excruciating, the more so because consumer HDTV had arrived, at least in the very upscale incandenza home. The ads with the more dental pain-type paintings <laughs> Hal doesn't even want to think back on, what with a fragment of cannoli wedge someplace upper left, he keeps looking around for shacked to ask him to have an angle-mirrored look at. One he can recall was of an ordinary middle-class American guy's regular face, but with a tornado coming out of the right eye socket and a mouth at the vortex of that tornado screaming. And that was a mild one, which takes us to EndNote 162. Every Nielsen respondent seemed to respond with a special neural repulsion to one or another particular portrait. There was one of a woman with every carpenter's tool known to God exiting her face, (laughs) one of a young male with a spear of scarlet light through the right temple and coming clear out the other side, a woman with her crown between the incisors of some sort of shark so huge it passes from view past the frame. A grandmotherly type with roses, human hands, a pencil, and other lush-type flora, all coming serpentine out of her open skull's top. A head coming out in a long string from a throttled tube of paste. A Talmudic scholar bearded in needles. A Baconian pope with his hat on fire. Three or four dental ones that sent people scrambling to the bathroom to floss themselves bloody. The painting that had particularly nailed nine-year-old Hal and had had him popping Nunhagen compulsively until his ears started ringing and didn't stop for almost a week, had been of a deeply parlor-tanned and vaguely familiar upscale male, a disembodied fist yanking a handful of brains out of the guy's left ear while the guy's overhealthy face, like most of the ad's faces, wears a queer look of intense, unhappy concentration, one more of like brooding than conventionally expressive of pain. Back to the text. Uh, sounds, sounds awful. Sounds brutal. Uh, the ads cost next to nothing to produce. Nunhagen aspirin sales went nationally roofward, even as rating figures for the Nunhagen ads themselves went from low to abysmal. People found the paintings so excruciating that they were buying the product but recoiling from the ads. Now you'd think this wouldn't matter so long as the product itself was selling so well, the fact this fact that millions of national viewers were zapping or surfing to a different channel with their remotes the moment a silent painted twisted face with a hatchet in its forehead came on. <laughs> But what made the Nunhagen ads sort of fatally powerful was that they also compromised the ratings figures for the ads that followed them and for the programs that enclosed the ads and worse were disastrous because they were so violently unpleasing to look at that they awakened from their spectatorial slumbers literally millions of network devotees who'd hitherto been so numbed and pacified they usually hadn't bothered to expend the thumb muscle energy required to zap or surf away from anything on the screen awakened legions of these suddenly violently repelled and disturbed viewers to the power and agency their thumbs actually afforded them. Viney and Veals's next broadcast, Cash Cow, a lurid series of spots for a national string of walk-in liposuction clinics, reinforced the V&V trend of a high product sales but dreadful ad ratings. And here, the big four were really put on the spot because... Even though the critics and PTAs and eating disorder oriented die staff packs were denouncing the Lipovax spots' shots of rippling cellulite and explicit clips of procedures that resembled crosses between hyperbolic Hoover upright demonstrations Ugh. and filmed autopsies Ugh. and cholesterol conscious cooking shows that involved a great deal of chicken fat drainage, and even though audiences' flights from the Lipovax spots themselves were absolutely gutting ratings from the other ads and the shows around them, network execs is sweaty sleep infected with rem, vivid, rem, vivid rem visions of flaccid atrophied thumbs coming twitchily to life over remote zap and serve controls even though the spots were again fatally potent the Lipovac strings revenues were so obscenely enhanced by the ads that Lipovac unlimited could soon afford to pay obscene sums for 30 second network spots truly obscene sums the besieged four now needed in the very worst way And so the Lipovac ads ran and ran, and much currency changed hands, and overall network ratings began to slump as if punctured with something blunt. From a historical perspective, it's easy to accuse the network corporations of being greedy and short-sighted W slash R slash T explicit liposuction. But Hal argued with the compassi- uh, compassion Mr. Ogilvy found surprising in a seventh grader. <laughs> it, it's probably hard to be restrained and far-sighted when you're fighting against a malignant invasive V&V backed cable cabal for your very fiscal life day to day. In hindsight, though, the Big Four's final camel straw had to have been the V&V's trio of deep-focus, black-and-white B&W spots for a tiny Wisconsin cooperative firm that sold tongue scrapers by prepaid mail these ads just clearly crossed some kind of psycho-esthetic line regardless of the fact that they single-handedly created a national tongue scraper industry and put Fond Du Lac's no coat ink on the fortune 500 which takes us to Endnote 163 no coat ink ended up occupying the number 346 spot vacated by host cbs hal noted with surprisingly little irony back to the text Stylistically reminiscent of those murderous mouthwash, deodorant, and dandruff shampoo scenarios that had an anti-hero's chance encounter with a gorgeous desire object ending in repulsion and shame because of an easily correctable hygiene deficiency, the no-coat spots chilling emotional force could be located in the exaggerated hideousness of the near-geologic layer of gray-white material coating the tongue of the otherwise handsome pedestrian who accepts a gorgeous meter maid's coquettish (laughs) invitation to have a bit of a lick of the ice cream cone she just bought from an avuncular sidewalk vendor. The lingering close-up on an extended tongue that must be seen to be believed coat-wise. The slow-motion, full-frontal shot of the maid's face going slack with disgust as she recoils, the returned cone falling unfelt from her repulsion-paralyzed fingers, the nightmarish slow-mo with which the mortified pedestrian reels away into street traffic with his whole arm over his mouth, the avuncular vendor's kindly face, now hateful and writhing as he hurls hygienic invectives. These ads shook viewers to the existential core, apparently. It was partly a matter of plain old taste. Ad critics argued that the no-coat spots were equivalent to like Preparation H filming a procto exam oh or a depend adult undergarment camera panning for floor puddles at a church social. Oh. But Hal's paper located the level at which the Big Four's audiences reacted here as way closer to the soul than mere tastelessness can get. V&V's, yes? Nothing. I just, just thinking about I just tongue. thinking
0: about tongues and under, depend adult undergarments. I know. And,
1: all the all the disgusting things he that does, our bodies do yeah, he
0: does love getting real scatological doesn't he's bo-
1: he he's body horror he a is little body bit horror. uh it's mundane body horror it is it, that, that is one of the things
0: that would be difficult to um, difficult but essential to um, uh, put into like any kind of adaptation i guess what it makes me think of did you ever watch Ren and stimpy Molly? i did you know that this stylistic thing in Ren and Stimpy where they would occasionally cut to a hyper-detailed still of yeah. something disgusting? Yeah. It's like that. Yeah.
1: Um, SpongeBob would do that, too, to a less disgusting level, yeah. but, like, the really weird detail. Yeah, like, he'd stills. be, like,
0: he where he'd be, his eyes would be, like, crusted from lack of sleep yeah, or yeah. something like that. Yes. Yeah, they definitely crib that from... Uh, Ren and Stimpy, but there was something ab- truly nightmarish about the 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 Ren and Stimpy style. Or
1: like you zoom in and like eyes are like bloodshot. Yeah, exactly. I remember bloodshot eyes being a common theme, probably because everyone was fucking stoned. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> Just yeah. looking in the mirror. Uh where am I? Uh V and V's No Coat campaign was a case study in the eschatology of emotional appeals. I
0: love a case study in the eschatology. Me
1: too. it towered a kind of Uber ad. Casting a shaggy shadow back across a whole century of broadcast persuasion. It did what all ads are supposed to do. Create an anxiety relievable by purchase. It just did it way more well than wisely given the vulnerable psyche of an increasingly hygiene conscious USA in those times. The no-coat campaign had three major consequences. The first was that horrible year Hal vaguely recalls when a nation became obsessed with the state of its tongue, when people would sooner no sooner leave home without a tongue scraper and an emergency backup tongue scraper than they'd fail to wash and brush and spray. The year when the sink and mirror areas of public restrooms were such grim places to be. The no-coat co-op folks traded in their bagosh overalls and hand-woven ponchos for Armani and Dior, then quickly disintegrated into various eight-figure litigations. But by this time, everybody from Procter and Gamble to Tom's of Maine had its own brand scraper out. Some of them with baroque and potentially hazardous electronic extras.
0: I don't know. Tom's of Maine was a th- was a thing me neither. In the Tom's 90s. of Maine
1: was like the deodorant of Vermont. <laughs> I know it's, it's of Maine, regional, but, but yeah, uh, w- all so the all the hippies loved that shit. The,
0: I, again, he's hitting our two regionalisms because, of course, Procter and Gamble, Cincinnati company. There you
1: go. Those are the two the two uh, yeah. the two wolves <laughs> inside you. There are two scrapers. <laughs> <laughs> the second consequence was that the big four broadcast networks finally just plain fell off the shelf, fiscally speaking. Riding a crest of public disaffection not seen since the day's GIF commercials had strangers shoving their shiny noses in your open jar. <laughs> the Malone, Turner, and shadowy Elberton-led cable cabal got sponsors whose ads had been running as distant as seven or eight spots on either side of the no-coat gaggers to jump ship to ACDC U.S. broadcast TV's true angels of death. Malone and Turner then immediately parlayed this fresh injection of sponsorial capital into unrefusable bids for the rights to the NCAA Final Four, the MLB World Series, Wimbledon, and the Pro Bowlers Tour. At which point, the Big Four suffered further defections from Schick and Gillette on one side and Miller and Bud on the other. Fox filed for Chapter 11 protection Monday after ACDC's coup announcements. And the Dow turned grisly indeed on GE, Paramount, Disney, etc. Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, God. Can you imagine? Within th- uh, days, three out of the four big networks, uh, three out of the big four networks, had seized broadcasting operations, and ABC had to fall back on old Happy Days marathons of such relentless duration that bomb threats began to be received by both the network and by poor old Henry Winkler, now hairless and sugar addicted in La Honda, California, and seriously considering <laughs> considering giving that lurid looking but hope provoking lipovac procedure a try. <laughs> dot dot dot
0: uh could Wallace probably would not uh see that Winkler, Winkler's career would uh be vibrant well into the 2010s I know
1: a failure of imagination Well it's funny because like ag- again
0: he is correct and uh but just co- not quite there because he's predicting the uh the the networks dissolve yes. f- to the supremacy of cable but look where we are now when you see something like MTV who is supposed to be his like big victor here Yeah uh and now what do they play on their th- on the day of their 30th anniversary 24 straight hours of ridiculousness reruns
1: so i, I wonder if uh, uh D- david could have predicted that that such a thing well, that, my, music television the hippest network on the air yeah just playing uh, Redi- uh fucking ridiculous extre- uh, extreme sports uh pranks dipshits. what the <laughs> what the fuck is I, don't ridiculousness? Even know. I haven't seen it in a while
0: anyway uh it must be hard to beat this right
1: yep yeah. uh but uh, bu- 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 Where am I? Okay. And but the ironic third consequence was that almost all the large slick advertising agencies with substantial network billings, among these the Icarian uh, Icarian Viney and Veals, went down too in the big forest maelstrom, taking with them countless production companies, graphic artists, account execs, computer enhancement technicians, ruddy tongued product spokespersons, horn rimmed demographers, etc. The millions of citizens in areas for one reason or another not cable available ran their VCRs into meltdown, got homicidally tired of happy days, and then began to find themselves with vast, maddening blocks of utterly choiceless and unentertaining time. And domestic crime rates, as well as out-and-out suicides, topped out at figures that cast a serious pall over the penultimate year of the millennium. He is right that 1999 was fucking wild, yeah, but uh, uh, not, not for quite the same reasons. Yes. But these consequences own consequence, with all the Yankee ingenious irony that attends true resurrections, comes when the now combined Big Four, muted and unseen now, but with its remaining creditor-proof assets now supporting only those rapaciously clever executive minds that can survive the cuts down to a skeleton of a skeleton staff, Rises from the dust heap and has a collective last hurrah, ironically deploying V and V's old pro choice slash anti passivity appeal to obliterate the ACDC that had just months before obliterated the Big Four, bringing TCI's Malone down on a golden bell shaped chute and sending TBS's Turner into self imposed nautical exile. Because enter one Noreen Lace Forche. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: just think, people people were very into thinking about Ted Turner in the '90s. They were Ted Tur- Ted Turner. High key fell off.
1: Yeah, T- TBS has such a. I guess he as- died, but you know. Yeah, that, I mean that's the highest key way <laughs> the, to fall the, off. The highest is to key die. To fall, fall off, but yeah. T- TBS has huge '90s energy to yeah. me. I feel like I was constantly watching TBS. Did uh, they air America's Funniest Home Videos? Uh, yes, they did.
0: I mean, TBS is still around, but um yeah. What do they do? TBS very funny.
1: Very funny. It
0: was it was the super station, right?
1: It was the super station. It
0: was the super station, and it was more of like family stuff. Family uh, Matters. Family Matter. I don't know. No. Um,
1: I'll have to look into this.
0: Home. What? Well, That's the one. Him? The one that was set in, in San did. Francisco.
1: I feel like they did a Full House. Yeah, it was Full House. It might have been. No, ABC. Okay. I didn't I don't know. I didn't they watch it They literally went to Disney World in Full House, okay. which would so suggest a partnership ABC? with uh with ABC. Um. Uh. Let's, yeah. Let's go on. Enter one Noreen Lace-Fourche, the USC-educated video rental mogulette who in the BS 90s had taken Phoenix's intermission video chain from the middle of the Sunbelt pack to a national distribution second only to Blockbuster Entertainment in gross receipts. The woman called by Microsoft's Gates the killer app queen and by Blockbuster's Huizenga the only woman I personally fear... (laughs) <laughs> convincing the rapacious skeletal remains of the big four to consolidate its combined production distribution and capital resources behind a front company she'd had incorporated and in idling ever since she'd first foreseen broadcast apocalypse and the Nunhagen ads' psychophysical fallout the front an obscure sounding concern called interlaced hell entertainment mm-hmm. lays Fourche then went and persuaded ad maestro. Yes, she's fucking Netflix. She's Netflix, man. Uh, persuaded ad maestro P. Tom Veals at that time mourning his remorse-tortured partner's half-gainer off the Tobin Bridge by drinking himself toward pancreatitis in a Beacon Hill brownstone to regather himself and orchestrate a profound national dissatisfaction with the passivity involved even in DSS-based cable watching. What matter whether your choices are 4 or 104 or 504? Veals's campaign argued. Because here you were, assuming, of course, you were even cable ready or dish equipped and able to afford monthly fees that were applied no matter what you chose each month. Here you were sitting here accepting only what was pumped by distant ACDC fiat into your entertainment ken. Here you were consoling yourself about your dependence and passivity with rapid fire zapping and surfing that were starting to be suspected suspected to cause certain rather nasty types of epilepsy over the longest term. The Cable Cabal's promise of empowerment, the campaign argued, was still just the invitation to choose which of 504 visual spoon feedings you'd sit there and open wide for. Which takes us to EndNote 164. Granted that this stuff is all grossly simplified in Hal's ephibic account, Lace Forché and Veals are in fact transcendent geniuses of a particular complex right time and place sort, and their appeals to an American ideology committed to the appearance of freedom almost unanalyzably compelling.
0: You got to remember, again, just like wild predictive capacity because, uh, you, you know, you got to remember that Netflix started as a video rental uh, DVD, facility.
1: DVDs in the mail. Yeah. I remember those little envelopes. And so, but what if. And so, com- but what. <laughs> and so, but what if their campaign's appeal basically ran? What if, instead of sitting still for choosing the least of 504 infantile evils, the Vox and Digitus Populi could choose to make its own home entertainment literally and essentially adult i.e what if according to interlays what if a viewer could more or less 100% choose what's on at any given time choose and rent over pc and modem and fiber optic line from tens of thousands of second run films documentaries the occasional sport old beloved non-Happy Days programs, wholly new programs, cultural stuff, and C, all prepared by the time-tested, newly lean Big 4's Mammoth Vaults and production facilities and packaged and disseminated by Interlace Tell Entertainment and convenient fiber-optic pulses that fit directly on the new palm size 4.8 megabyte PC diskettes Interlace was marketing as cartridges. Oh, wow. Viewable right there on your trusty PC's high-resolution monitor, or if you preser- preferred and so choose... Jackable into a good old pre-millennial widescreen TV with at most a coaxial or two. Self-selected programming, chargeable on any major card or on a special low-finance charge interlace account available to any of the 76% of U.S. households possessed of PC, phone line, and verifiable credit. credit. What if, Veal's spokeswoman ruminated aloud, what if the viewer could become his... Slash her own programming director. What if she slash he could define the very entertainment happiness it was her slash his right to pursue? The rest, for Hal, is recent history. By the time not only second-run Hollywood releases, but a good many first-run films, many saints of Newark, plus new sitcoms and crime dramas and near-live sports, plus now also big-name anchor nightly newscasts, weather, art, health, and financial analysis cartridges were available and pulsing nicely onto cartridges everywhere. The ranks of ACDC's own solvent pro- program pumpers had been winnowed back to the old movie and afternoon baseball type, uh, the sorry, the old movie and afternoon baseball major metro regional systems of more like the BS 80s. Passive pickings were slim now. American mass entertainment became inherently proactive, consumer driven, and because advertisements were now out of the televisual question, any halfway-sensitive power PC's CPU could edit out anything shrill or ungratifying in the post-receipt review function of an entertainment diskette. Cartridge production, meaning by now both the satellite... Satellitic spontaneous dissemination of viewer selected menu programming and the factory recording of programming on packaged 9.6 megabyte diskettes. The available The
0: thing is like this isn't even entertaining cuz he's just describing what He's just what, describing ha- what what, ha- what has already happened. It's not even like speculative. It's I know. it's almost kind of boring cuz you're like, "Yes, yeah, I yeah, know." Yeah, 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 I know. This is what ha- <laughs> this is what TV is like now.
1: <laughs> uh, 9.6 megabyte diskettes available cheap and playable on any CD-ROM equipped system. Yes, cartridge production, though tentacularly controlled by an interlace that had patented the digital transmission process for moving images and held more stock than any one of the five baby bells involved in the internet fiber optic transmission grid bought for 0.17 on the dollar from GTE after Sprint went belly up trying to launch a primitively naked early mask and tableau-less form of videophony, became almost Hobbesianly free market. No more network reluctance to make a program too entertaining for fear its commercials would pale in comparison. The more pleasing a given cartridge was, this is what he gets wrong. Yes, exactly. Uh, everything sucks now.
0: Yeah, because although, yeah, that, that is the difference is that, well, I mean, what is even thinking that people have like as sincere creative aspirations about television and they're just holding it back because, because they, 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 want the want, ad, they want the ads to, to be, be better? Yeah. Uh, most, net, most Netflix shows look like they were uh, shot in a in an like in a weekend, yeah. you know. Uh,
1: the more pleasing a given cartridge was, the more orders there were for it from viewers, and the more orders for a given cartridge, the more interlays kick back to whatever production facility they'd acquired it from. That also sounds like it actually wouldn't happen. No, I'm sure the skimming would be
0: uh, egregious. Also, I I don't know what he's talking about because even in the 90s, the quality of a show is not is nowhere near directly proportional to its popularity.
1: Right, N- right, <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't he know? Yeah. Whatever. Uh, simple. Personal pleasure and gross revenue looked at last to lie along the same demand curve, at least as far as home entertainment went. And as interlaces eventual outright purchase of the network's production talent and facilities of two major home computer conglomerates, of the cutting-edge FROX 2100 CD-ROM licenses of Apps, Inc., of RCA's DSS orbiters and he's hardware even, he's patents... talking about apps, man. Uh, ...and of the digital... Compa- It is spelled A-A-P-P-S. Apps. Apps? And of the digital compatible patents to the still needing to come down in price a little technology of HDTV's visually enhanced color monitor with microprocessed circuitry and two over square root of area exclamation point. More (laughs) lines of optical resolution. He's
0: talking about the K's, 4K's. (sighs) Jeez.
1: As these acquisitions allowed Noreen Lace Forche's cartridge dissemination network to achieve vertical integration and economies of scale, viewers' pulse reception and cartridge fees went down markedly. Which takes us to EndNote 165. Granted, pa- Pache critics, this was partly to forestall ACDC's appellate court claims that Interlace was basically hopping up and down on the BS 1890 Sherman Act with spike heels. <laughs> Back to the text. And then the further increased revenues from consequent increases in order and rental volume were plowed presciently back into more fiber optic intergrid cable laying into outright purchase of three of the five baby bells internet had started with into extremely attractive rebate offers on special new interlace designed RISC grade, which takes us to a (laughs) note 166. Reduced instruct set computers, descendants of the IBM slash Apple Power PCs, with mainframe caliber response time and .25 terabytes of dram, dram, and numerous expansion slots for various killer apps. Uh, back to the text. Uh, RISC grade high def screen PCs with mimetic resolution cartridge view motherboards, recognizably renamed by Veals' boys in recognition teleputers or TPs. Mm-hmm. Into fiber-only modems, and of course, into extremely high-quality entertainments that viewers would freely desire to choose even more. <laughs> more. <laughs> Which takes us to what? Note one sixty-seven. A couple of incandenses more accessible early documentaries were bought by Interlace on a distribution factored contingency basis, but except for a flat PBS-ish one on the lay print principles of DT annulation, they never brought meniscus slash latrodectus more than a fraction of the interest on the interest from himself's rearview mirror fortune. Interlays ended up optioning rights to only a couple of his higher brow productions for its Howls from the Margin low volume expectation product line during himself's lifetime. The bulk of his stuff didn't make any ILT menus until after his untimely death.
0: I like Howls howls from the Margin because that sounds like uh in in the college radio station we would uh, in the lp archives some of the things that we find there are all these like very obscure compilations uh yeah. of like you know gr- garage bands from the austin area area of like 1972 on lp and they'd always have names like howls from the margin margin Margin, or like you you know forgotten the garage like (laughs) uh like you know uh grunge grunge classics from the from the uh topeka scene 1976
1: Howls from the margin yeah Uh, But there were, could be, no ads of any kind in the interlaced pulses or ROM cartridges was the point Hal's presentation kept struggling to return to. And so then, besides, e.g. a Turner who kept litigating bitterly via shortwave radio from his equatorial yacht, (laughs) the true loser in the shift from ACDC cable to interlaced grid was an American advertising industry already reeling from the death of broadcast big four. No significant markets seemed in any hurry to open up and compensate for the capping of TV's old gusher. Agencies, reduced to skeletal selves of their best and most rapacious creative minds, cast wildly about for new pulses to finger and niches to fill. Billboards sprouted with near-mycological fury, alongside even rural two-laners. No bus, train, or trolley, or hack went unfestooned with high-gloss ads." Commercial airliners began for a while to trail those terse, translucent ad banners usually reserved for, like, Piper Cubs over football games and (laughs) July beaches. Magazines, already endangered by HD video equivalents, got so full of those infuriating little fallout ad cards that fourth-class postal rates ballooned, making the email of their video equivalents that much more attractive in another vicious spiral. Chicago's once vaunted Sickenjin Smith and Lundeen went so far as to get Ford to start painting little domestic product come ons on their new lines' as a side panels. An idea that fizzled as U.S. customers in Nike T-shirts and Marlboro caps perversely refused to invest in cars that sold out. <laughs> in contrast, that's uh, that's very Gen X of him.
0: Yes, we and we uh, I. I- well, let's talk about it after. We're here on this segment.
1: In contrast to just about the whole rest of the industry, a certain partnerless Metro Boston ad agency was doing so well that it was more or less out of ennui and a sense of unlikely challenge that P. Tom Beals consented to manage PR for the fringe candidacy of a former crooner and schmaltz mogul who went around swinging a mic and ranting about literally clean streets and creatively refocused blame and rocketing people's waste into the forgiving chill of infinite space, which takes us... And note 168, it didn't do Jay Gentle FC's original grassroots-intensive campaign a whole lot of good around ultra-liberal Enfield that one of his earliest sign-carrying faithful had been ETA's own Gerhard Stitt, who politically listed so far to starboard that even people without watches looked at their watches and referred vaguely to just recalled appointments whenever Stitt's eyes got a particular navy-blue cast and he uttered any one of such terms as America decadence, state, or law. But Mario I was pretty much the only one clued into the fact that Schitt's attraction to Gentle had more to do with Schitt's take on tennis than anything else. The coach was swept away with the Athleto Wagnerian implications of Gentle's proposals for waste, this business of sending from yourself what you hope will not return. Is that the end of that That's segment? That's the end of that segment. Let's call the it. The
0: idea of sending from yourself. Yeah, perfect. That's 31 minutes. Yeah, I mean so we already hit the main point is like it was like uh, you know, <laughs> way to way to see what happened. Again, I uh I I feel like I've I've joked about maybe like Twitter was invented and and uh Wallace was like, "All right, I need to check out." Uh but it's also like around that same time uh Netflix introducing its streaming model. Yeah. Maybe and maybe it truly was but being too correct.
1: Uh <laughs> maybe I'm also just thinking of like what further cuz right now we have sort of a fracturing of streaming where like every every possible like Subsidiary of yeah. the big media companies is doing. You know, we've got Peacock and Paramount yeah. Plus and yada yada yada.
0: Uh, Disney Plus.
1: And w- will it ever further consolidate? Yeah. And the the other thing is, I'll take. I want your take on this. Is mm-hmm. like, w- what if Interlace Tele Entertainment nationalized? What if it was just the National Television, the National Entertainment Co.
0: I mean, that would uh, be theoretically great. Uh, it, but you know. All these things are so fractured and business-oriented, mm-hmm. co- corporate-oriented that it, it is very difficult to imagine what entertainment would be like if it was consolidated and nationalized. I know, um, like who would run it and how would it be run and what what it would offer. Yeah, uh, clearly, I think that we can both agree, and that in that imagination of a nationalized tele uh, a nationalized televisual entertainment, that there are currently too many shows
1: there's definitely too many shows and most of them are bad yeah
0: most of them are bad the the, the most of them are superfluous
1: the essential i think misreadings which i don't blame him for because he's gotten so much right and also i don't yeah. necessarily think rightness is a measure of like good literature or anything
0: no it's more just it, it's it's honestly the um it's the icing on the cake it's, it's like not only on is cake. this uh, like enter- and, and frankly as i was saying it's it's almost. His correctness almost detracts right, not, from it, <laughs> yes. from it as a literary quality, because you're you're he's like so close to it being correct <laughs> that it's like you just feel like you're yeah <laughs> I feel like I'm reading a magazine article about like what happened it <laughs> what happened like at the FCC's report about like digital consolidation over the last decade yeah you know?
1: what what he got wrong is uh the the main thing that he got wrong is the future of advertising which he doesn't i don't believe and maybe i I missed something but i'm pretty sure he does not say anything about sponsored content sponsored content at advertorial
0: i would actually i would like to read like a a, what would this be like a digiday or an ad week report on the state of television advertising because but you know he got it he did get it right but in a in a different way which is that if TV advertising collapses, it is going to pop up into new ways, fungus-like. And just in the ways that he imagined, like Boeing's uh, 747s trailing uh, advertising banners, no. Yeah. Uh, getting teenagers to uh, tell their YouTube audiences that their favorite makeup brand is uh, whatever, name a makeup brand. Fenty, Maybelline. Whatever. <laughs> that, yes. You yes. Know.
1: Yeah. Also, one of the really... I'll have to reread it. George Saunders has an amazing um, short story where uh, an elderly person, I believe either like a grandmother or grandfather, takes their grandchild to the big city to see Babar live. Okay, you know the that elephant, yeah, colonial the, the elephant, colonial,
0: the colonialist elephant,
1: and the um, <laughs> the the vision of the future is basically that ads are so everywhere that like holograms basically pop. Uh, up in front of you, yeah. and like you have to interact with them. You have to like state preferences, or like say that you like something or don't like something, or That's offer very... information about yourself. And if you refuse, then you are punished. <laughs> you are, and I think maybe carted off to like jail <laughs> if you if you refuse to engage <laughs> J- with, with a certain ads, number yeah. of advertisements per day. And it just the 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 short story was kind of about the the ch- child child joy versus the cynicism of of, the, uh, uh, of advertising. Uh, you know, that's
0: that is something that's like the Minority Report vision of the future. That's something that I enjoy in that movie: the idea that the the ads like scan you and are like you walk into a mall and it's like a mm-hmm. bunch of like towering holograms going like
1: hi molly would you like to buy this handbag yes and and they are targeted in that short story like for him it would be like hey hey grandpa your fucking lower back hurts right yeah. get this like numbing cream <laughs> versus for the kid it's like here's this a uh, giant chocolate covered pretzel <laughs> that, that you definitely want and you're like oh i do want that giant chocolate <laughs> and then covered- the, the, grandpa grandpa can we get it please um, oh man, I I understand why in you know the mm-hmm. mid '90s the idea of like a- advertising versus entertainment is so prevalent. He just didn't understand how worse he's going to get. The other thing is the use of the uh, the consumer internet and then mm-hmm. just like pop up ads and shit that steals your data and like viruses and all that stuff. Like he doesn't have his finger on yeah. that
0: particular. I mean, the other thing that he uh, does not yet. See although maybe this is this is the uh the j o in condenser role mm-hmm. uh is the democratization of entertainment in a way that as these things get disseminated over the internet you know mm-hmm. you become the entertainer Yes, that that the user becomes you know the uh the the generator of, of entertainment, you know, you the YouTuber, the rise of the YouTuber, the um, you know, even Twitter itself where the entertainment is the other u- users. Yes, yes. Um everyone becomes a an nano influencer. Influencers, shit like that. Influencers who, you know, it is funny that they we've decided on the term of influencers for them because they are in the end just entertainers. Yes. You know? Right. Um and so that that would become such a big part of the landscape of entertainment um Mm -hmm. in addition to this like the technological change into this streaming right uh infinitely programmable model but still more correct than not (laughs) um yeah i don't know because i guess to get back to that thing that i was saying about like the correctness isn't really the point in in fact it's more of a distraction it's like there is a certain way in which uh it almost like obscures whatever commentary he's trying to do on anything you yeah know?
1: and especially because he is he this this is where he does get into the realm of the annoying when he's talking about you know 5.7 megabyte diskettes or whatever yeah, 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 i'm exactly. just like shut up <laughs> 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 350 what, uh, yeah, what is 300 that 300
0: megabytes that 300, Neil's 300 megabytes on. yeah that's a really good song of storage
1: 300
0: megabytes at your disposal. That's very much... That's, that is this, this por- that's portion the, of this book.
1: That's the energy. Which, again, is like... I, and it, this is where I don't want to like be speaking completely out of my asshole. But, like, has there been more of a... Te- the 90s was a huge technological upheaval. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe one of the... I mean, but I don't want to say, like, one of the greatest of, or of all time because I'm sure... When they invented the car, that was fucking crazy. Yes, I don't know, or like, <laughs> like well, I think it's a similar, <laughs> when someone thing. figured out how to automate, like uh any kind you know steam power was probably fucking nuts too. We, but consumer, yes, consumer technology, yes, in the nineties, to me, feels yes. like it was one of the biggest. I've changes. thought about this a lot,
0: and I think about this in the sense of why it is so difficult for our parents to use computers, impossible. Uh, and it is. Because of that essential transition from analog to digital, yes uh it, it, which is a interface transition. We were mm-hmm. raised in the digital world, in which, like from basically as long back as I can remember, I was like working with the interface of a computer, yes, and figuring out how to work, but if it that just comes along when you're like forty, yeah or forty five or whatever I, you know, I forget how old my parents were when we got our first p c like that is a completely new way to interface with an object,
1: but a lot of it was. Oh, dare I say ske- skew-morphic? Yes. Like the whole invention of Apple computing of the graphic user interface is yeah. like, it's a folder. Yes. You know what a folder is, yes. right? You've got a bunch of papers that you want to yes. put in a folder. Well, look at this little icon that's a folder. folder exactly. Why don't you put this paper in the folder? Hey, you want to you wanna save this? Like, oh, you know, I'll, just save it right here, and then it's saved. I've had to teach my mom how to forward an email like three years ago. Yeah. But yeah. I understand, I have empathy for that yes. to a certain extent, but they did try to hold, some people tried to hold your hand. Not, not all those like uh, yeah. DOS commands. Those, those were insane. Oof,
0: I never got into DOS. Uh, you know what? That's not true. I, I learned how to use DOS enough to run games off of it. I I was not, not familiar with Um that. But the other thing that i hope is that in our lifetimes we won't have to deal with as big of a transition as analog to digital to as digital to the next thing the digital next thing
1: is incorporated it's it's cyborg stuff yeah
0: it it is it will truly suck uh if you know when we turn like 45 if they're like guess what we invented computers too
1: (laughs) i mean i hate to say and maybe this is where i'm making my prediction i would be uh happy to be proven wrong uh it's our kids are going to be like mom mom dad dad you guys are fucking idiots for not put the computer in your head everyone is doing it why aren't you putting the computer in your head we have computers in our head it get makes our jack. life so much easier
0: get the jack get
1: the jack jack in jack get into in. this matrix <laughs> get in the matrix
0: bitch get in the matrix it's grandpa, nice here Greg. the water
1: the water's fine yeah that's going to be the that, that's my prediction is that i think uh, yeah, tech gonna is going to start. The matrix real. We're right now everyone's, you know, we're getting the Botox, we're getting the fillers, we're getting the BBLs. Next is gonna be how to download a um an operating system into your body. How do I how do I open PDF with my brain? <laughs> how do I open PDF with my brain? Oh that, that's the the thought of that. It's enough to wanna eliminate your own map, you know what I mean? Yeah. I um Don't worry, I'm fine. Don't don't do a wellness check on me. I'm I, all
0: good. I also I do appreciate it is a very like Cronenbergian and I'm sure that he. This is what he was going for in this segment. The the move between the incredibly like disgusting, like body stuff, yeah. and into all this like futuristic tech stuff. Yeah, I don't know. It's good. It's good. I like Cronenberg. Yeah. Uh, anything else? You're looking at your phone, so I think you're done.
1: I'm. J- I'm just making sure my mom didn't call. So you know, with a question about how to open PDF. Oh yes. <laughs> uh, we
0: all have to. Have <laughs> our weekly long calls with our moms about <laughs> about how to forward email. But and we l- we love them,
1: don't don't we, folks? We love our moms. We
0: love our moms and their computer struggles.
1: Today we're we're appreciating moms. Yes. Shout out to mom. Without without you, I certainly wouldn't be here podcasting. Um, are we going to be
0: able to do Infinite Cast next week?
1: Let's uh, let's say it's a mate. It might be a mate. We might be skipping a week, but yeah, let's we, see.
0: We're going to see. We're going to London to see a Jets game. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who listen to this, we can uh, <laughs> we can uh, uh disseminate that that somewhat privileged knowledge.
1: <laughs> it's not like it's not like confidential. No,
0: I, it's just like we. I don't know. We have no idea how to share this information or like if if, are people going to be mad that we're like traveling internationally it's just you know it's hard to figure out where people are on this thing yeah, but it's, you here, dear listener, are close personal friends, and, it, and we can tell you these things.
1: It's 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 a tough it's a tough time for disclosure of uh, having fun. Yes, I'll, it s- is. I'll say that it uh, is. a lot of people would prefer right now in 2020 and 2021 and probably 2022, 2022 that you that if you're having fun, you just uh, keep it to yourself. Just keep it to yourself. Which honestly, maybe they're right.
0: Maybe they are right. Well, maybe. that <laughs> I don't look. I don't want to get too into it, but I I don't want to let those people win because that does seem in its own way. It has been like a. Decade long crusade from a certain type of person of being like if you are having fun you are uh be you are doing something wrong if you are having fun you suck if you're having fun you suck exactly uh and I don't want them to let those people win even if right now it seems like they have won a battle you yeah. Know?
1: but yeah they'll lose the war yeah f- f- fun will win fun fun will win yeah
0: all right shall we close out yeah all right bye. bye.